When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hope you are teed up and ready for some pro wrestling punditry because we are throwing that into your ear holes here today. It is me, the managing editor of Nick Hausman, uh, and managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, here to host the Winkly and joined here as I am every Tuesday by my good friend Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome to the Winkly today, and I will be talking to you all week long as Justin is off doing other things. Is that correct? That is correct. I will be here today and every day for the rest of my life. This is my life now, this podcast. It's everything to me. There it is. And it is your life, too, if you are listening to that. And we really appreciate you all uh, coming in here, checking out the Winkly three days a week, Tuesday through Thursday. We'll be back over on uh, the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel starting this Friday. We're bringing Wrestling, uh, Wrestling, or no, we're bringing Winkly TV back to life here uh, this Friday over on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. Uh, we got a big Winkly here. For you today, uh, I'm going to be dropping my interview with Ring of Honor's Flip Gordon here. Uh, Flip is currently out with injury. He describes in gruesome detail uh, how he was injured and how he had to deal with that injury in the moment. Uh, it's disgusting. Um, and also, uh, he talks about joining Villain Enterprises. So you get you get you get gruesome pro wrestling injury talk, and you also get uh, what it's like to be a, a part of Marty Skrull's army. What a, mm. what, a, what a delightful chat. Fun conversation. Gruesome TV talk that probably wouldn't be allowed on TNT, am I right? Mm, we'll get to that here. Actually, let's get to it now. <laughs> news you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. Uh, we are going to start the show off today talking about AEW. A lot of AEW news has started to sprinkle out here in the wake of them announcing Wednesday nights on TNT. 8 to 10 Eastern is going to be their new time slot here. Uh, right after, you know, it was actually last week, five days ago, that the first news item uh, we're going to talk about here today dropped, and that was ESPN did an interview with none other than CM Punk, where he commented on AEW, and he said it was texted through three people, and an offer came in through text. This was like a month ago, maybe. Uh, Punk, was, uh, Punk was asked if it was specifically an offer to appear at All Out, and he responded, I think it was just a general offer. I never could have done the last one in Vegas, double or nothing, because I was in California for CFFC. So CM Punk saying he had received an offer from AEW via text. Now, Cody Rhodes took to Twitter to comment on Punk's comments, and he said, I think he was misquoted. I know one of us had met with him in person, and yes, I texted him pretty. I texted him plenty when we couldn't connect on the actual phone, but not a contracted offer. I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to WWE. Regardless, great guy, great wrestler, great guy. Doors open if he wants it. Hmm. What do you think? He, what, what do you think's going on here, Michael? You, you know, at first blush, you're like, man, look at these guys sling a little bit of mud back and forth. And if you read that whole Punk interview, Punk at times comes across very genuine, very authentic, but also very direct and only the way punk can be in regards to, yeah, they did this and I don't think that's the right way to do it, right? Not even like better, but just like kind of like, you know, flipping about how somebody else is treating him, right? So it's interesting. You read Cody Rhodes' comments in there, kind of the pushback. The comment, though, about WWE, I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to WWE, almost feels like a bait. 
And then you're like, okay, if he's baiting CM Punk, I think the likelihood of Punk showing up at All Out just doubled. Oh, I think so too. I think, you know, with him at StarCast, and I read the interview, yeah, he talked about how StarCast was just in his backyard. It's a no-brainer for him to appear and do this thing. I mean, the expectation is there. Punk commented on the expectation, saying he felt like it's been built up by people other than him. Um, but, I, yeah, I think this is all a cup and ball game right now, and we're going to see Punk and it, it all out. And if we don't, I mean, what a huge letdown, I think. You know, you, you say that, and, and I think you're right. Like, the way they're playing this almost feels like the only way you could play it to keep the will-he-won't-he he narrative alive without saying, yes, he will. Or And I almost think, Nick... I don't think we're going to see him at All Out. I think we're going to see him on October 2nd on TNT. Okay? Okay. I, I, think, I, think, I think we're teasing this. I think fans are going to be let down at All Out, but I think they're going to – got to have something big for that first oh. show, and there's no way to keep this momentum going than Punk showing up in Chicago and not doing the show, right? What a, okay, okay. Well, what, here, here's I'll, I'll throw this out there. Like, I have heard that the intent of this appearance for Punk on ESPN was literally solely to announce that he was going to be doing – Starcast. Now it, uh, it timed out that you know the interview had been scheduled, and then AEW and TNT decided because they decided on they only started teasing it like a day or so notice that they were going to drop this big announcement. It came shortly thereafter, um, so it could be a situation here as well where Punk was, the, the question was put to him about it because of the news that had just broken that morning. So I don't know. Again, it's like is this a cup and ball game or is, or is some of this genuine? You know, it, you know, does Punk not want to feel pressure to be put in a situation like this? Well, that's the other piece about this, right, too. Even if we don't see him in All Out, even if we don't see him on TNT in AEW at all, I think the fans, I think he's right. The fans build this up way more than anything else. Listen, guys, we're getting a CM Punk autograph signing at StarCast. And if you read Punk's comments here, heard them, Punk is very genuine about wanting to give fans a good experience, right? He says they show up. I want to make sure every fan feels like they get what they need out of this. And so can't we just be thankful for a minute that we have CM Punk in the sphere of professional wrestling, even if it's not wrestling or on a show, he's showing up to do fan signings and autographs. And I think that's worth something uh, being on TV or not. Yeah. Uh, well, we shall see the continued saga of CM Punk and AEW. Well, in Cody Rhodes news here, uh, AEW uh, has announced their first match for TNT. This match got announced just before we went live on the air here today, or just before we started recording here today. Uh, the first match announced for TNT's AEW is Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Shades of what he did with Darby Allen here. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a great matchup, and I, I think it'll be great. What a good, good first bout. Good I, I love the fact that Cody Rhodes is continuing to reinvest in younger professional wrestlers and helping them get over in a big way, right? This at first, you're like, oh, this is their headline match. You know, they're kind of using Cody Rhodes here, but the other guy, not quite as big, whatever. But but putting somebody out there um, who, who can really go, making this a stellar match kind of sets the tone for what AEW is going to be. And again, Cody Rhodes has shown he's willing to invest in younger talents and help them get that spotlight they might not have otherwise gotten. Yeah, I wonder how close we get to a time limit draw with this one. Is that the is that it that Cody can't put it away against this young talent? I don't think we do that only because we saw that at uh, Fighter Fest. It was I think I don't think Sammy Guevara is going to win, but I think this tells the story of Guevara kind of being a young up and comer who didn't get there with one of the names of the game, right? But maybe in the future he has something to kind of come back with. Yeah. Uh, well, we have some other AEW news this time about their uh, event schedule. Uh, the Observer is reporting the promotion is going to be running different sized arenas based off of the demand of the market. They're going to be looking to hold uh, they're looking into holding arenas that can hold six to eleven thousand people. So the Capital One Arena that they're debuting at twenty thousand, a little bit bigger uh, than the other arenas here. Uh, just like WWE does the main event tapings, there will be matches prior to the start time live on TV. 
at 7.30, so about a half hour before, there's going to be a warm-up match. In regards to how many shows they're going to put on, their goal is to run 100 to 120 live events per year, uh, including many Saturday night house shows. Outside of those shows, uh, they are expected to run 51 TV show days and up to four pay-per-views. And in regards to live events, uh, there are thoughts of doing more than one house show a week. The top talent would work in the area of 75 matches per year, which AEW feels would help them keep their match quality high. It was noted that on uh, that one of their key goals is to have great matches on the top of the card as compared with uh, any other company in promotion. Yeah, uh, I read this, and I thought that that was uh, just, if, if this is all true, I thought that was a very smart uh, approach here. It's time, I think, in the wrestling business to slow it down. WCW didn't run a ton of house shows, and they did great business there. That was just not part of their model. I don't really even know how effective the house shows are for WWE at the moment, other than to say they're doing 500 shows a year or whatever. So I think this is a great schedule. I was really happy to read this. Well, you, you look at the live attendance numbers, and I think obviously WWE is not as successful with house shows as they once were. I don't think it's as big a part. It's not as big a part of their business model as it once was. And so to see AEW kind of lean into that and understand where the business is going, super smart here. I love the fact that they're kind of outlining, you know, the Saturday night house show event that feels special, right? You go to something on the weekends. It's a lot different than trying to get something ready for a Wednesday night in the work week. Oh, I'm going to go watch professional wrestling. It's just not as appealing. So I love yeah. that. The four pay-per-views per year, though, I think is fascinating me because WWE does their big four, but they do 13 shows that are considered pay-per-view quality a year. My question is, is AEW going to do, does that include things like Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen, or is this literally going to be double or nothing, all out, things like that? I think we get the four pay-per-views, and I think you're right. I think on BNR Live, you're going to get special events like Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen that won't be inherently pay-per-views, but you could turn a couple of those Saturday night house shows into to one-offs like that. I think that's an easy transition. Sure, they don't have to have title matches on them, right? Neither one of those, Fight for the Fallen Fighter Fest, neither one of those had title matches headlining them, but they still had great headline bouts that really meant something. So, yeah, a, a smart business model all the way around here. I like the way they're approaching it. Uh, and uh, on the note of what we can expect from AEW, Vince McMahon has finally chimed in on AEW. He's asked about it on the WWE second quarter revenue call. He said, WWE will not do blood and guts and things of that nature, <laughs> such as what is being done on our new potential competitor <laughs> show. Um Seth Rollins was uh, was spitting blood out of his mouth uh, at the end of, of Raw last night. Am I right about that? I, I think that I, I mean, unless I was was drinking too much, I thought I saw him spitting blood out of his mouth. He wasn't just spitting blood, dude. He was sitting there trying to hack a loogie of blood on TV. <laughs> he was like practically vomiting blood everywhere last night. Literally days after McMahon makes this comment. Oh God! I mean, you just can't. You can't script this kind of conversation and reaction here. Yeah, I, I get what they're going with, right? That Cody Rhodes, uh, Dustin Rhodes match was was brutal back in May. It was intense. It was blood everywhere. And, and you can't do that on broadcast TV. It comes across gross, right? But but it was effective for the story they were telling back then. And even some of the blood they've had on show since then haven't been nearly as bad. You talk about Cody getting busted open at Fighter Fest. I don't think that was as gruesome as what happened last night on Raw, where they kept beating up a guy who was bleeding. So, uh, you know, probably a blood pack. I know he wasn't actually bleeding, but still, um, I just think it's a way for Vince McMahon and his way to just kind of throw shade all the time. He made a similar comment about WCW back in the day, I think, before WWF leaned into all the hardcore style wrestling. Just anything he can do to just say, yeah, they're not real competition. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I was watching when I was watching Raw last night, and we'll get to Raw here in a second. We have one more AEW thing to announce. But, um, you know, Seth Rollins had this line backstage where he said, I forget exactly the context, but he, context, but he said, like, I want to put some stank on it. Do you remember this? This <laughs> yeah. lot? 
I I just imagined Moxley sitting at his home, and it maybe he's maybe he's not, you know, maybe not, but maybe he got sent a clip of that and being like, yeah, they'd have made me say that, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. there's no way Seth Rollins was like, you know what will make this promo more real and authentic to me as a person if I use the word put or use the phrase put some stank on it, which just seems a little it seemed like a Vince McMahonism thing that was crammed in there. Absolutely no. That's a it's a terrible thing. It just feels like I don't know we're teenagers or something, right? You, you know about the blood and guts comment though. I do want to say I, I look back at Raw in this segment. We'll talk more about Raw here in a little bit. But the blood and guts on itself. Listen, guys, it's you know you watch UFC sometimes and it does feel like a blood sport because of just guys get cut open and they continue fighting and and you go back to fighter or you go back to um all uh, double or nothing and the the blood match there between Cody and his brother. But I will say last night's segment was more effective. Because Seth Rollins was spitting up some blood, right? Oh. It, it it sent the message of brutality across in a more visceral and meaningful way than had the blood not been there. So I, I know there for a while there was no blood in WWE and Brock Lesnar and some of these guys got around that or maybe got fined because of it. But there are times where you add a little bit of, of blood, whether it's real or fake, right? Whether somebody's cutting themselves open too deep and bleeding everywhere, like it double or nothing, or uh, maybe a blood pack last night on, on WWE, I'm assuming – it adds an element of realism and sends the right message. So I'm glad to see, I don't want Ric Flair bleeding all out all over the place. Like he did in impact wrestling, but I do think a little bit of color adds to the story. Yeah. And look, that beat down from Brock was incredible. That was the best he's looked in a while from an aggressive standpoint. I'm glad it wasn't a quick one and done. He was taking his time. He was prowling around. I was like, is he going to take this man hostage for the last 20 minutes of raw? I kind of thought there was a second that was going to happen. So I thought very well done. The blood was great. Uh, last AEW item here, uh, our good friend, uh, a man who I believe sat in for you on this show when you went away for a little while there for a day, Michael. Chris mm. Van Vliet has officially signed with AEW. He's going to debut on their first TNT broadcast, so congratulations to Chris. He's been doing this for a long time. You know, he's, he's, I mean, I can only say this. He, he's following in my footsteps. He sat in for me on this show. He's going to do great things in this business. I can already feel no. The white uh, uh, bump. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, he, this is a huge – listen, he's a great talent. If you've seen him in the interview room or watched any of his interviews, yeah. he knows what he's doing. He's super professional. He gets it, and, and I think AEW picked up a great hire here. Perfect hair. Perfect hair, too. Just like – Jealous. I'm so jealous, dude. All right. Let's <laughs> talk Raw. Uh, we got some news coming out of Raw. Uh, of course, we talked about the blood and gut stuff, but uh, Maria Kanellis, pregnant – Maria Kanellis won the WWE 24-7 championship after making her husband lie on his back for her after he had won it in a big uh, dog pile schmoz at the top of the show. Uh, she, Maria Kanellis for that. By the way, she was hospitalized this past Tuesday. She had like some kind of flu, flu bug. Um, so she got out of the hospital, came back, showed up at Raw. Uh, yeah, I thought she was – I don't know where this is going, but I thought this was fantastic. I enjoyed it. She's, she's a great heel. And I love the look of all the wrestlers in the back who had no idea how to handle a pregnant woman with their title. You know, they opened this up with kind of the capstone here between R-Truth and, and the, the storyline they've been telling with the 24-7 championship for so many weeks here. Opening up the match with that mosh pit match, opening up the, the show with that mosh pit match, really told that story, completed it, and allowed them to do something different. I hope this does strike a new direction for the 24-7 title because we've seen so much in recent weeks with the same players. And, I, you know, this is interesting, right? Maria Canellos, you get to advertise first time ever a pregnant women's champion or a pregnant champion, I should say, in the company. That's incredible. That's weird. Maria Canellos. 
looks great. She she is smart on the mic. She knows what she's doing. She can cut a promo. And um, yeah, she, she said, come get me. I have my uh, checkup here on Tuesday or whatever it was in the middle of the week. Yeah. Uh, my feet are going to be up on stirrups. Come get me. So I like everything about it. Uh, poor Mike Connell's though, man. They're just dogging him out. Whatever. <laughs> he's going to get, it's, it's going to turn into something. He's going to take that anger and he's going to channel it here. I feel it. I don't know how, yeah. but I feel it. Uh, the club won the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships in a triple threat match. A uh, big moment for them. Uh, you know, again, they seem to re- I mean, you look, you have the club's got the tag titles. AJ's got the U.S. title. An impressive faction here at the moment. Uh, I'm glad these guys all ink new contracts. This is what can happen, I guess, right? Look at these guys now. They're finally getting what they want. I don't understand why we didn't get it the, the last time they all signed contracts, but whatever. You know, here we are. Good. I hate, I hate that the Revival lost here. It makes a lot of sense to pair them up. This feels like a very Paul Heyman move, right? Because the club, honestly, besides the beatdowns in recent weeks, they've not been established as a credible threat in the tag team division. That's my only complaint here. The Revival and Usos have been carrying the Raw tag team division for quite some time. And so it's interesting they flipped the switch here. It feels like they really do want to do more with the club as a faction, and I do like that. I liked uh, after after the match when uh, they were in the back with AJ and AJ like jumped up on the table. Because I don't, I don't know that AJ drinks. I don't think he drinks. Um, but he had like a champagne bottle. And if you notice, he couldn't get it open. Did you see that? He just kind of yes. tried. And then he just kind of, he's like, bah, he threw it away. You know? The foil was still on it. He hadn't done any. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I don't know that AJ drinks. I don't know that he understood how to operate alcohol. So, well, my first thought was he was getting ready to open it. And I forget who was right below him, but um, maybe it was Gallus. But he was getting ready to bust somebody's eye out with the way he was pointing it. So. <laughs> Uh, Ricochet won a gauntlet match And he's going to face AJ for the US title at SummerSlam This is a heck of a lot of fun Great way to, to kick off Raw Apparently the Observer is reporting This was the, uh, by the way, the heaviest Paul Heyman influence we've seen on Raw yet uh, It's speculated that he thought of the gauntlet match Because he's been a big fan of Ricochet And he really wants to make this guy look like a star I thought Ricochet looked great I thought Andrade looked great I thought Zayn looked great I thought Ray looked the best he's looked in a while This was an all-around win And again, just a hot start for the show, I thought well, in these gauntlet matches, right, they can they can go one of a couple of ways, but this one felt very smartly booked. Everybody had their segment. A guy like Ray was kind of the underdog for a portion of it. A guy like Ricochet comes out, and he's the last competitor in, but it makes sense that he would win because he is, you know, he's the freshest, and he, he still looked good in victory, though, so I'm glad they went this direction, but matches like this, they take up, you know, I don't know, that was 30 minutes of airtime on, on, on Raw? It was 40. 40. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big chunk of the show, but also it wasn't just a random gauntlet match. It was for something, right? So as a fan, I'm invested in the outcome. I want to see what happens next because these matches have stakes. They have results that will carry out from week to week. So I love stuff like this. Yeah, uh, agreed. Real real fun, real fun way to, to kick off the show. Uh, post-wrestling reporting Daniel Bryan was not at SmackDown last week because he's on vacation. No word on when he's going to be back or what this new story is that he's going to be a part of this big announcement so more of an update there uh the observer reporting that finn balor was pulled from wwe smackville this past uh saturday night did you get a chance to watch smackville i I watched smackville it was um it was an interesting house show that's good okay i haven't watched it yet i was at a wedding all weekend so i mean should it be on my to-do list i mean i wouldn't rush out to get i mean the matches there you you know you talk about ali going in there and his match against nakamura was was really good um the main event was pretty good too so Nothing nothing can't miss in this show. It was about an hour. It was about a perfect length for something like this. It got in, watched it, got out. I think the reason I have speculation, pure speculation here, but you know, WWE just did that big update to their app, yeah. right? And I read on The Verge today that 
part of the reason that update happened was because they switched providers. They had been with the network before that had helped put together MLB and is now working with Disney Plus and, and Hulu Plus. And that was who had their backend infrastructure. But WWE switched it because they wanted something they had a little more control over, that's a little bit more modern, yada, yada, yada. So they have a whole new backend provider. Okay. And that literally just happened a week ago. I'm assuming they did this live house show to pressure test the system because they're only two weeks out from their second biggest show of the year. All right, then. Yeah, I think you're probably onto something. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, Ali, Ali was on this show taking on Nakamura. Uh, Balor was supposed to face Nakamura, but he was hop- hospitalized with the stomach flu, which is what which is what Maria had. So I hope everybody's okay. Uh, WWE is reportedly hoping he'll be back in action as soon as tonight for SmackDown. Uh, but, yeah, Balor was sick, sick enough to get pulled from the show. That's gross. The flu is, uh, the flu is gross. I've had the yeah, flu. His, it's bad. His Instagram picture... Uh, just said had a little little sign up that said SummerSlam. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that suck? Because like last time, uh, Balor and Wyatt were supposed to face off. It did. It fell through because of illness. Remember? Yeah. Well, they had the match, and then they were supposed to continue the feud, and it got dropped. Which the feud was kind of going in some weird places. No, they were supposed yeah. to do. They were going to do. They were going to do Abigail versus the Demon, and then everybody got sick down in uh, uh, South America or something like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They were. I feel worse for, I mean, Finn Balor, he's so popular. He'll come back in whatever position and he'll be, you know, it could be two weeks, could be a month, whatever. He'll be super popular again. But they're just getting some momentum with this Bray Wyatt thing. And I don't want that to get shuffled or lost in the shuffle because of this. Uh, Well, interesting here. uh, Wrestling Observer reporting that when WWE was recently uh, touring in Japan, Triple H H met with Dragon Gate officials. Uh, This just was interesting to me in particular because I believe uh, the Dragon Gate, uh, what is it? Uh, Never... No, the, the the never. It's not the never open weight. That's uh, that's New Japan. The Dragon Gate Inter Open the Gate Champion. I think it's, I think I got that right. Well, anyway, it's it's the former Neville Pac is one of the champions yeah. at Dragon Gate right now. Uh, considering he wasn't didn't seem to be too happy with his WWE run, that was just interesting to me that that was the the conversation Triple H had while he was over there. Yeah, what was it? The Open the Dream Gate Champion. Is that right? Open the Dream Gate Champion. Okay, that's yeah. close. Too many titles, man. <laughs> too many belts. <laughs> It's like it feels like something that my um my counselor in high school told. Open the dream, Michael. You can be whatever you want to be. Interesting, yeah. Um, but you know, Triple H, smart businessman, always trying to make those wheeling dealing. Yeah. Uh, well, also talk about wheeling and dealing here with Triple H. Uh, the Observer also reporting there's talk of doing a WWE NXT Canada, similar to NXT UK. Uh, this could involve Santino Morella and his Battle Arts Academy. Uh, WWE is reportedly holding tryout camp uh, Wednesday, August seventh through Friday, August 9th at the Paramount. Fine Food Center in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, at the beginning of SummerSlam week uh, in nearby Toronto. Um, these tryouts are going to be held in Santino's home city, where he runs the Battle Arts Academy uh, and indie promotion, but they are not going to be held at his facilities. These are the first WWE tryouts taking place in Canada, as the company usually brings Canadian talent to their tryouts in Orlando at the Performance Center. Um, this seems, I mean, yeah, Canada's wrestling country. There should be an NXT Canada. And it should be based out of Santino's or working with Santino and his Battle Arts Academy. Yes, all of this. I think it's, it's very it's very clear WWE is leaning into if, you, if you've read their recent, you know, stock reports and, and business outings and all that stuff. Right. So they have been impressed by the number of views they've gotten from their actual wrestling content, which is why you've seen them doing so much more of that and less of the kind of prescribed shows. So it doesn't surprise me they're doing more NXT stuff. I just always wonder, how does the business model work, right? Because you're hiring new talent, and talent is one of the most expensive parts of your business as a company. 
I'm just always curious about these contracts and how can they afford to keep opening up kind of new, uh, essentially new brands as part of the NXT umbrella. Yes. Uh, well, I, I love it. A lot of, a lot of great UK or a lot of great Canadian pro wrestlers over the years. There's a lot of ways you could tie them into this. So go for sure, it. Sure. Sure. And, and I, you're right, Nick, you said it a minute ago. It makes sense to do it in Canada because the, the Canadian wrestling hotbed is, has been, it's historic, right? About how great it is. So I'm glad they're coming back, you know, back to North America to do more of this kind of stuff. Uh, PWInsider.com uh, reporting WWE has hired former ROH employee Chris Resnick to work full time on the WWE network programming. Uh, Resnick previously worked as the director and producer for ROH's weekly TV series and pay-per-view events and has been described as an important cog behind the scenes for the company. Uh, he worked at ROH for eight years, was said to be extremely well-liked. Uh, he informed ROH officials of his departure on Thursday of last week. It was also noted that Resnick's departure will surely be felt by ROH as he worked on more than 400 ROH TV episodes, directed a number of recent pay-per-view events, including the G1 Supercard and the Crockett Cup. Uh, Resnick also handled a lot of video packages and graphics for ROH. And yes, look, ROH, their production has gotten a lot better. Uh, the Crockett Cup was was widely liked. The G1 Supercard, I thought, came across well, uh, regardless of what you thought of uh, the in-ring action. You know, uh, there's different opinions on that all around. Um, but, you know, this can be a silver line. There could be a silver lining, too. You know, you've had somebody in there that's been producing the product for one way for so long and bringing in a fresh set of eyes, you know, doing a couple different things with ROH TV uh, and their uh, and their pay per view events, which have been very good. Don't get me wrong, but that could be a good thing too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I feel bad for ROH here. Just again, they just are losing some of the things that have made them work in recent years. But um, it's great that we're getting talent coming up from there that aren't just in ring talent. And I, I like this. I also like the little notes here. You put, you know, guy was very well liked by the wrestlers, right? You don't think yeah. about this a lot, but the the relationship between the production team and the talent. It's super important because the production team all the time is helping tell the stories of these talent through their creative means with video and all those. So, um, again, um, yeah, I think it's a great gift for WWE and uh, congratulations to Chris Resnick. Uh, on uh, my good buddy Sean Waltman on his Xbox One Two Three Sixty uh, podcast uh, had Scott Hall on the bad guy uh, who commented on his right a recent stint guest coaching at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, Hall said, "I was in Orlando for about eight or nine days." Because I went in early and I spoke to Triple H in the past about who's training the big guys. So we had a mini big guy summit. I got to watch films with the bigger guys, have a one-on-one with some of them, get in the ring and talk about their different movesets and uh, what they got and stuff. And I saw this new kid they have down there, Jordan uh, Amagubihin. Uh, big kid, 7'4", 440 pounds, monster. The video leaked online last week if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Uh, he was there for his debut and he actually got to produce that match. And watching that match... Uh, you know, the little bits we got to see, I was, I really liked it. I liked the, the presence this guy gave off. Um, pretty cool to hear Scott Hall had something to do with that and, and sprinkled in a bit of knowledge. I thought that was a, a good use of him, uh, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. A guy that is big, but, it, you know, has had some great wrestling matches over the years. I'm also just happy for Scott Hall in general because he had so many, so many demons he's fought over the years. And it does feel like in recent years, we've gotten so fewer of those Scott traditional Scott Hall stories that were prevalent for a while. And it seems like, you know, some of the, some of the work he's done on himself is really stuck. So I'm just happy about that and happy to see him find some stuff in wrestling. He can contribute to in a positive way. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the observer reporting that Bret Hart passed on the raw reunion because he's loving summer season in Calgary. And he didn't want to miss a single day of it. He's not taking any bookings for the summer and he won't be taking any bookings until August. So there you go. 
That's why Brett wasn't at Raw Reunion. He's we were just... speculating about this last week, right? I was like, he probably just wants to hang out and not, you know. I was like, man, you know, AEW really pulling the cords. Like, no, Brett just wants to live his life, dude. Let him live his life. Ah, uh, Brett. I, I hope he's enjoying it, taking in the beautiful Calgary weather. Uh, Lacey Evans and Alundra Blaze have escalated their feud. <laughs> um, this thing has gotten out of control. Have you been keeping up on all of the, the tweets between these two, Michael? Yeah, dude, it's it's um, you know, good on them for finding something to do, but I uh I love it. I love how real it feels. I love the raw edge to it. Well, Lacey, her le- latest tweet to Alondra said, "I volunteer to rip you out of your retirement home and make you choke on your words, legend or not. You're disrespectful, swollen-headed, nasty that has it coming. Talk about my family again. I'll lose this career gladly waving goodbye with your blood on my hands." Hashtag #shoot to which Alondra responded, and then we have this dot, 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 disgruntled, capital Y, youngin, wanting to continue to ride on the coattails of a Hall of Famer. Hashtag, let's fight. P.S. How is that wonderful family of yours? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, I mean, you do we see it? What is this? <sighs> Number one, it's Lacey getting a little bit rawer and realer, right? She's dropping a little bit of that Southern charm gimmick. And I love the, um, the, the, the edge here again, uh, with your blood on my hands. Great tweet, but maybe, I mean, we just saw Lunder blaze recently. So, you know, not out of the question that they could fight, um, that, that, how is that wonderful family of yours comment though, that takes it to a personal place and almost makes you wonder, is there a little bit of, um, a little bit of realism to it? I want to know what's going on. Yep. Fascinated. Maybe Ric Flair will go on Busted Open Radio and be like, hey, I, I had to call Alundra, and she told me it's all a work, so <laughs> don't worry about it, guys. Her and Lacey, you're cool. It's all a work. Uh, Renee Young tweets the follow- tweeted the following about her commentary. Uh, here's the truth. No, I know I'm not great on commentary, but it's my job. I try to get better each week. People love to tell me how bad I am at it as if i think i think i'm great at it should i just quit what would that say about me not easy to learn a skill on a gigantic global tv show um i mean i i appreciate the honesty but i don't i i mean i don't know i don't think she needs to be that hard on herself i don't think renee's yeah. awful there's there's two sides of this right so humility is a great trait to have, right? Because it keeps you hungry, it keeps you always growing and learning and and if you always just come in and say i'm great at this you kind of block out the potential to continue to get better at something. And so she could say, yeah, I'm on top of the world. I'm the, the leader broadcast on a professional. I'm one of the lead broadcasts on a, the lead company, professional wrestling in the entire world. Right. And just take her spot with it. So her kind of admitting that humility is refreshing, but also for her to say, I'm not great at it is a different story. And to put it out there in a public venue, it's it's almost a little bit too raw and humble. Because to your point, I think she's pretty good, right? Yeah, you don't need to be that self-deprecating, you know? Yeah. So anyway, sending love to you, Renee. Um, WWE released the following statement regarding Jimmy Uso's most recent DUI arrest. Jonathan Fatu is responsible for his own personal actions, which is the statement that they sent out the last time this happened. Now, we have some new information about uh, Fatu's DUI, courtesy of ABC3. Uh, Fatu refused an alcohol test. A deputy deputy was dispatched to the area of Pine Forest and Nine Mile Road in Escambia County at 1.30 a.m. Eastern in reference to a possible DUI complaint. The deputy was advised by an off-duty police officer that a vehicle was traveling westbound on Interstate 10 doing in excess of 100 miles per hour and drifting from left to right and going out of its lane. The officer noted that Jimmy appeared to have some issues 
holding documents in his hands. After the officer asked for his license, registration, and proof of insurance, the deputy also observed Uso to have bloodshot, watery, droopy eyelids and dilated pupils, along with slow and slurred speech. The officer said he could smell an alcoholic beverage coming from the driver's side window. That's when he asked Uso to step out of the vehicle to speak with him in front of the patrol car. Jimmy had to be told several times to get out of the car, according to the deputy's report. Uh, Once Uso finally got out of the car, he appeared to be unsteady on his feet, noted the officer. The deputy asked Uso if he was willing to ride to an adjacent parking lot, which was flat, level, and well-lit. Uso agreed to take the ride, but then seemed confused and asked what was happening. The deputy explained that he was going to give Uso a ride to the adjacent parking lot to conduct a field sobriety task. Uh, Uso started asking if he needed a lawyer and if he was being uh, detained. The officer then informed Uso that he was conducting a DUI investigation and that was not possible to have a lawyer present. The report noted that Uso then took his phone out of his pocket and tried to put the phone towards the officer's face. The officer then placed Uso in handcuffs, placed him under arrest for DUI. Uso became uncooperative and had to be told multiple times to have a seat in the patrol car. While in the back of the car, Uso told the officer he was uncomfortable with it and he wanted to speak with another officer. Then, while on the way to the jail, the officer said he had to roll down his back windows due to the overwhelming smell of alcoholic beverages that was engulfing the vehicle. Uh, I just wanted to read all of that because I found that to be a very detailed analysis of what actually happened uh, the night with Jimmy Uso. Uh, you know, again, it was like the last report came out and there was uh, it was a little misleading. Uh, some of the details till we finally saw the, the video of Jimmy, uh, you know, in the confrontation with the police officer this time around. I mean, 100 miles per hour drunk. That's a huge danger to society. Um, you know how this the other events here played out. You know, I guess we're, we're going to get more. More on that in the future, but uh, I was pretty. I mean, that's disturbing stuff, man. To read something like that. Yeah, it's it's rather unfortunate. You know, they made the joke last week on Raw. John Cena came out and and then did the whole look. Oh yeah, DUI, and it was la ah, ha ha ha. And at the time, it didn't bother me that much. But you see, this happen literally less than a week later, and it really makes you reflect on maybe WWE didn't take this seriously enough the first time. And when somebody takes actions like this, right? Um, Jimmy Uso, right? Great on screen talent, great in the ring. But when they make personal decisions like this that could have uh, really hurt other people, you got to take it seriously. And it, again, it's not the first time this has happened. So I, I'm very concerned for Jonathan Fatu, the person. Got nothing about this. The just not even just the being drunk, but the driving, the swerving, 100 miles per hour, um, all very concerning. And you know, we got these guys coming out every week talking about the Uso Penitentiary, and and I was honestly the serious nature of this made me surprised to see Jimmy on TV last night. I don't know if you were you were shocked by that at all, Nick. I was a little shocked about it. Um, and yeah, the penitentiary stuff has always rubbed me a little wrong. Anyway, I hope we're done with that now. All the jail stuff, like when you're legitimately like I don't know a yep. delinquent, like it doesn't quite have the same bite yep. to it. It feels very different. You don't want to glamorize. This kind of stuff and make people think, oh, it's going, sure, getting arrested, drunk driving, whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's like uh, taking a gun and shooting it off into a direction and not even thinking about it. That's when you're drunk and behind a wheel. Uh, you don't even have to be at 100 miles per hour. So uh, very, very dangerous. And, uh, you know, if Lars Sullivan has to sit down with Titus O'Neil uh, and, and show genuine remorse and, and get fined a huge amount, uh, I don't, I mean, look, racism is, is one thing, right? But this is, you know, public endangerment in an entirely different way. I don't, I don't know that a statement is enough here. I feel like, you know, if, uh, if WWE isn't going to be passing down any kind of fine, I would like to see Jimmy step up and do something 
publicly, uh, charitably wise, or uh, public, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, understanding, uh, you know, digging into the issue, talking to people. I, I would be, I would be happy to hear more of those type steps. Well, because it's it's not just a mistake to your point. I mean, to what you're saying here, he needs to do something that shows that he's growing from this because he didn't just make a one time lapse in judgment. It's a continued problem, it feels like. Right. Uh, Well, let's move away from WWE stuff here for a little bit uh, before we get to our Flip Gordon interview. Impact Wrestling, big news. Uh, Last night during Raw, they have officially signed to Neil Dashwood, the former Emma in WWE. Uh, Impact Wrestling has a jacked knockouts division as it is. She'll be great in there. And yeah, man, I don't know. Is the not is the knockouts division the draw for Impact Wrestling right now? It's it's on fire. I it's, you know it feels like back in the day whenever it Impact or TNA at the time almost spun out their own women's wrestling TV show, which was an exciting prospect back in the mid two thousands or late two thousands. So um yeah, it's it's you know this is a a big sign. I I a big signing. I like yeah. it. Her and Tessa in there with Sue Young, Havoc. I mean, there's, it's great. It's a good time for women's wrestling and Impact. Uh, Jake Crist defeated Rich Swan for the X Division Championship this past Friday night on Impact. Of course, he had the help of OVE, but I like this move. I'm a huge Jake Crist fan. I think he's a fantastic performer. I think he, in a lot of ways, encapsulates what Impact's X Division is at the moment. So good on him. And uh, maybe, you know, similar, we could see some more gold coming to OVE here right now. I think they've been, I mean, they're doing great work. Yep. Um, and Rhino officially debuted on Impact Wrestling TV in the mix. Congratulations to Rhino. Um, happy to see him back as well. Uh, John- we don't always plug Impact. If you guys have uh, Roku or whatever, download free app Pluto TV. It's got like all these random channels that are all free with commercials, whatever else. But Impact actually has a channel on Pluto TV. And it's so cool because if you just want some background white noise from Impact Wrestling, they're just playing old classic matches from the vault. You know, Impact's been around about what? 100 years now. So What? Really? Yeah. It's um, Pluto TV is awesome. If you don't like, I mean, it's it's they, they have all the episodes of stuff on MTV, like MTV Cribs and whatever else. There's like literally 100 channels. Um, but yeah, Impact's got their own network on this and they just play old Impact matches. So interesting. All right. Well, cool. Good, good to know. Uh, well, former Impact Wrestling star John Morrison has revealed that he's getting an extremely advanced stem cell treatment for injuries that have been bothering him for the last 18 years. Morrison explained that he's excited to be heading to Medellin, Colombia, to receive the advanced treatment and that anyone who is suffering from an orthopedic injury to traumatic brain injury to rare autoimmune disease to reach the company BioAccelerator. I've heard uh, from at least one other wrestler who's actually doing this treatment as well uh, down in uh, Medellin, Colombia. Stem cell research, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, has traditionally been a pretty hot topic with people. Not everyone in favor of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little dicey. But the, but also the results of some of these um things they've been able to do with it have been incredible. So this is an interesting way to look. I mean, a professional wrestler, you, usually you do hear about like autoimmune disease being tested, but a professional wrestler getting treated for long-lasting injuries is a whole new way to look at this. And of course, not surprising John Morrison would be the guy to do it, especially with the company named BioAccelerator, right? Uh and lastly here, uh Austin, Texas's Wrestle Circus has officially closed its door for good. The owner, Al Linhart, explained in a tweet that he was advised against bringing back Wrestle Circus by his most trusted peers and that it was his own personal and private life that led to its downfall. He also shared 
that those who purchase tickets will be getting refunded. Now, this show was supposed to happen on Sunday, so two days ago. And this thing got canceled, like, on Friday. People had bought tickets. They were coming into town. Wrestlers were stranded at airports. They didn't get paid. This thing was a complete and total cluster. Um, I, I know Al. I have spoke with Al. Uh, I know he had a rough period that led to Wrestle Circus going down the first time. May have been better to let sleeping dogs lie because uh, I've heard from a lot of people very, very upset about how Wrestle Circus uh, handled this particular shutdown. Yeah, it's unfortunate it blew up in this way and affected so many individuals, both fans and professional wrestlers. You know, it is what it is. And I always hate to see an organization like this close, but hopefully it opens the way for somebody. And no, no disrespect to to Al. I'm sure his heart was in this, despite personal and private things that have happened to him. But opens the door for another organization who's going to do business the right way. You know, we have a great one here in North Carolina, Winston-Salem, America's most liked wrestling. Steve Carino was there this weekend. So these things, uh, bad things happen, y'all, but the professional wrestling indie scene is a hotbed right now, so well, something good will come from it. I know that Black Label Pro's Mikey Blanton has offered to buy Wrestle Circus and has not heard back yet, and Mikey is doing a great job here in Indiana, Chicagoland area. Uh, Black Label Pro partnering with GCW to do a show here in Chicago uh, all-out weekend that's going to be headlined by Jerry Lawler versus Mance Warner. Dream match. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if this is to be done, I mean, uh, Wrestle Circus under new ownership, using a lot of uh, the same talent, uh, get, put, it in, put it in better promoters' hands, maybe not a terrible way to go. Yep. My guest at this time was Ring of Honor's 2018 Breakout Star of the Year. He is the newest member of Villain Enterprise. It is the mercenary Flip Gordon. Flip, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Absolutely, anytime. Now, uh, before we get to it here, uh, yeah, you were announced uh, that you were going to be at the uh, PWG card tonight, uh, but you got pulled due to injury. Before we get to what you're doing in Ring of Honor, uh, give us a little update here on on what you're dealing with at the moment. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's been quite the rough year for me. Uh, January, I tore my MCL. I uh, returned in April at the Super Card of Honor, Madison Square Garden. Uh, and then, you know, a little time uh, went by. There was a, uh, Marty was teasing a new member. Turned out it was me. I am the mercenary of Villain Enterprises. At best in the world, right after I turned on Lifeblood, uh, we beat the hell out of them. We put Tracy Williams on the table. And ironically enough, that is who I was in the match with when I tore my MCL. So it was the perfect story to put him through a table. Only problem, I was a little excited, you know, a little upset you know i let the emotion get to me and i just a little too much and as soon as i went through that table as soon as i landed just my elbow exploded i partially tore my tricep i dislocated my elbow and tore both ligaments in my elbow uh got an mri uh that's what it revealed got uh x-rays no fractures so they told me about six to eight weeks Man, oh, well, that's not too bad. And now I was reading too, when with uh, your elbow there, did you have to like pop it back in when that happened or something like that? I think yeah. So, yeah, initially when it happened, I thought I broke my arm because my arm was literally like sticking, not sticking out through the skin, but it was so uh, distorted that it, it just looked disgusting. I looked up at Brody and I was like, I broke my arm. Showed it to him. He's like, ugh. So as soon as we went back through the curtain, um, at first, like I said, I thought my arm was broken, and then. Uh, Joy Mercury looked at it backstage. He's like, no, that's, that's your elbow. And I was like, we got to get it back in place. We got to get it back in place. And so 
finally I was sitting down and we were waiting for EMTs. They were taking too long. And I was like, you know what? F it. I don't want to wait any longer. So I popped it back in and then the EMTs came and all they wanted to do was put ice on it and wrap it. So if it wasn't for popping it back in, I would have had to get surgery because the EMTs weren't going to do it. How painful was that? Uh, very painful. And honestly, if it wasn't for the adrenaline still in me, I don't think I would have been able to do it. Um, but I just knew that as soon as the swelling goes up, uh, if I don't get it back in place, that it's going to need surgery to put it back in place. And I, I've been trying to avoid surgery my whole life. So, <laughs> my God, well, like you said, you know, you've been dealing with some setbacks here. You know, also at the same time, you know, you're one of the fastest rising stars in the company. How does that mentally affect you right now to not be able to compete when you know that there's so much opportunity for you? Uh, it's been a very mental, uh, mentally tough year for me. Um, but I'm staying focused. I've been in the gym literally almost every day. As you might have noticed when I came back from the knee injury, I put on about 20 pounds. Because yeah. literally, if, I mean, if I can't wrestle, I'm going to work out because I want to come back in the best shape of my life. And that's no different for this. I mean, I'm already up to about 10, 15 pounds uh, arm curls. I mean, I'm not cleared for it, but I mean, you can't keep me away. I'm addicted. I want to get back in that ring as soon as possible. I'm a competitor and I want to compete. Man. Uh, well, yeah, let's uh, jump to Villain Enterprises here. You are the mercenary. Uh, what led to you uh, being chosen as the new fourth member for, for VE? You know, I think, I think it's just the perfect fit. I mean, me and Marty have a lot of history together. And then obviously army, uh, Marty's building an army. And what perfect fit than a former soldier, uh, the mercenary Flip Gordon. You know, I have that background and I have this anger and intensity now that I can put towards my matches, um, which is going to change my style a little bit. But I think it's going to help me long term. Yeah. Do you see this as a bit of a transformation similar to what Marty did when he became the villain initially? Because he kind of he had a similar kind of uh, change in attitude, I, I guess a nice way to put it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I want, I want to, I want to be different. I want to, I want to play character. I want to be the mercenary. I don't want to just be this flippy kid. I want to come back and show people, Hey, look, I can fight. You know I mean? I just posted something the other day about my last MMA fight. I'm a fighter. Like I said, I'm a competitor. I want to fight. I want to compete. Marty sees that. And now he's going to give me the opportunity to do so under the villain enterprises umbrella. Well, uh, let me ask you about your fellow VE, uh, you know, I guess mercenary, or you're the mercenary, your fellow VE uh, stablemates. What do you think of uh, Brody King? I love Brody King. For as big as he is, he moves like a small guy. And and, and you know exactly what I mean. He's doing ranas, he's doing yep. springboards, he's doing lucha libre. But he also, he, he he's a big dude. He'll pick you up and drop you on your head like none other. So I'm just glad that I'm on the same side as Brody King and not on the opposite side. And what do you think of the uh, Frankenstein-esque monster that is uh, the unkillable PCO? Dude is insane. He's a monster. I've never seen somebody just sit up after some of the the, uh, the impact he takes. He got powerbombed to the outside yeah. and literally just sat up like it was nothing. Yeah, I've learned so much just in the short time I've been around PCO. And let me tell you, this guy literally is not human, and he's fearless. What are, what are you learning from PCO when you're sitting around and talking to this guy? Because, I mean, he's, he's had decades in the business now. He's been a part of so many periods in pro wrestling. I've learned from the stories he's told. I've just I learned the way that like they talk around the ring, even during matches, just the way he composes himself, the way he... 
he's almost like a general, but he's, he's kind of, you know, on the apron. He kind of, he's very soft spoken, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool, man. Uh, and, and any plans for you to get into the, uh, the gym with him and Destro, maybe be a part of the, the viral videos they release every Monday night. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I hate electricity. I hate getting shot. So that might not be my forte, mm. but if he wants to throw some iron around, I'm all for it. Okay. Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk a bit about Summer Supercard here. Now, your injury will preclude you from competing in Toronto. Does that seem to be the case? Um, that is the time to beat. I have not been announced because I have not been cleared. But I am trying everything in my power to get back as soon as I can. Like you said, I missed PWG. I had to cancel UK Tour next weekend, actually, which literally frustrates me more than anything. I'm going to take this frustration and put it into the gym to get back as soon as I can because I've missed so much time due to injuries this year. Yeah. I just want to wrestle. I need to get back in that ring. That's where I belong. Well, uh, big name returning to Ring of Honor at Summer Supercard and Alex Shelley. He's going to be taking on Matt Taven. Uh, how do you feel about Alex Shelley returning to Ring of Honor? I think it's huge. I mean, him and Chris Saban uh, are legends in this business. They helped uh, pave the way for guys like me. So to see him come back, is, is absolutely amazing, especially seeing the passion and the fire that he has. Sometimes people just need to take a step away, you know, take that year off to, you know, get that fuel back, to get that passion back. And I've never seen the guy so excited to get back in the ring like Alex Shelley, and I'm hoping that we'll get the chance to mix it up. Yeah, I feel like you and him would have some insane chemistry together. Have you ever had a chance to share any ring time with Alex Shelley? Uh, I haven't, actually. I got to tag with Saban um, last year, Best Super Juniors. Uh, never got saved in the singles, never got Shelly in the singles. Those are two names that are definitely on my bucket list. Okay. And with him being back, it makes it possible. Uh, well, right now on top of the mountain, Matt Taven holding the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, how do you feel about Matt Taven as the current standard bearer for Ring of Honor? Uh, you know, I think he got lucky at the Garden. Uh, I think he's been cheating. Ever since, I mean, my match with him, he couldn't beat me straight up. He had to have interference um, from Vinny and TK. Now I'm actually, I don't even have a shot. I can't get another shot as well as, or as long as he's the champion. Um, so, you know, I hope Shelly takes the championship from him because then obviously I'll get another opportunity. Um, with NWA no longer partnered with us, I guess I don't get another shot at the NWA title. So I'm just patiently waiting uh, for my opportunity. But you know what? I work for Marty now. I'm not chasing gold at the moment. I'm doing whatever he says. He's the one paying my money, so I'll do what he says. You know, a lot a lot of fans have said that they thought that Madison Square Garden should have been Marty's time to take the title. Do you, do you agree with that sentiment? Were you a bit surprised to see that Marty didn't walk out with the title at MSG? I think everyone was shocked that Marty didn't walk out um, as, a, uh, as world champion. I mean, literally the building went silent because people were so shocked that Matt Taven won. I remember people in the back were like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, they were just in awe. I mean, good for Matt Taven, but he's at the top now. You can only go down from there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you brought up the NWA as well. Uh, were you surprised that the that Ring of Honor and NWA recently severed ties? I was a bit surprised, but honestly, with wrestling right now being so popular... I'm not surprised because wrestling business is thriving right now. So if, if Billy Corgan and NWA want to go out on their own, you know, I wish them the best of luck. I mean, I had so much fun with Crockett Cup. I had so much fun on all the other shows that we did together. 
But, you know, sometimes you got to go out on your own. I think Ring of Honor wants to kind of do their own thing anyways, so I'm excited. Yeah, and how was it working with Billy Corgan on a, on a pro wrestling level? It was awesome. He was always super humble, super nice, was always interacting with the boys. Like, it, it, not hard to work with at all. Well, uh, we, we'll jump back here to MSG. Uh, you did. You returned at MSG. You teamed with Lifeblood to take on Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, Silas Young. Uh, what was that experience like for you, getting to come back and, and perform at Madison Square Garden? Uh, it was surreal, man. I mean, it was it was really cool. I had a lot of family there. Uh, my girlfriend and her mom were there. Uh, the world's most famous arena. And it was, it was tough because I was trying super hard to make that card. And we weren't sure if I was going to get cleared. And I got cleared literally like a week before it happened. And so it was super special. Um, obviously with the angle with me and Bully, uh, it just was the perfect fit. Um, so I, I couldn't miss it. I wanted to be there and what better way than to get the pinfall on Bully Ray in MSG. Yeah. Well, Bully has obviously made a lot of headlines here, sometimes for not the right reasons in the past couple months. What'd you think about that story that flared up about him and, uh, the fan who he accused of saying some very derogatory things towards the women? Uh, I mean, there's two sides to every story. Um, I don't know all the details, so I don't want to make like a any comment. But, I mean, he's a bad guy. He's a heel. I don't know if he was playing a character or whatnot, but I think the whole thing got kind of blown out of proportion. I hope everything got resolved, um, and hopefully in the future uh, it won't happen again. Yeah, and, and, and you know, how do you, uh, how do you feel like rowdy fans like that should be handled? I mean, have you, had, have you yourself dealt with fans you feel like have crossed lines uh, while you've been performing? Um, I haven't personally, I haven't had any bad experiences. I mean, I've had experiences where like I'm walking to the ring and somebody grabs me while I'm trying to walk and, you know, you just kind of like be aggressive, like get like, let go of me type of thing. Uh, but I've never had anybody like I'm pretty thick skin. So if somebody shouts something at me half the time, I just ignore it. Um, but I mean, I haven't been in that situation. I haven't had the fan jump the guardrail or, you know what I mean? So it's hard to say, what would I do in that situation? Because I haven't been in that situation. It's easy to say, Oh, I would do this or I would do that. But until you're in that situation, you don't really know. Yeah. Uh, well, because you uh, act on instinct at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I wanted to ask you too uh, about Shane Taylor. He recently took the ROH Television Championship from Jeff Cobb. Cobb now over in Japan, obviously participating in the G1. Uh, what do you think of Shane Taylor taking this title and getting the opportunity to to show the world, you know, uh, what he can do in that capacity? I think it's a huge opportunity for Shane Taylor, and it's a big spotlight for him, and it's well-deserved. I mean, he's been with Ring of Honor for quite some time, and I think by beating Cobb, that, you know, that, that gives him quite the push. You know what I mean? Cobb is a phenomenal athlete once in a lifetime, and he's tearing it up right now in the yeah. G1. Super happy for him, and hopefully when he comes back, we can work because that's another guy that's on my bucket list that I have not had the chance to get in the ring with yet. You haven't worked with Jeff Cobb? I find that very surprising. Never. Never. We tagged once, but we were on the same team. We've never been across the ring from each other. Man. We've I, never even locked up. Wow. I'm I'm really surprised considering that you two kind of came up at the same time to, to find that out. I thought somebody would have at least put you together. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've legit have never touched. Man. Yeah, I would like to see that. You know, with him over in Japan, it got me thinking, you know, uh, any talk of you uh, or Villain Enterprises heading over to New Japan uh, doing any shows with them in that capacity? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I mean, we haven't really discussed. I mean, I know Ring of Honor right now is kind of in like a rebuild phase. Um, but obviously, we are still partnering with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, obviously, uh, 
Jeff Cobb's over there now for the G1. Uh, I missed the best super juniors, but we had a bunch of our guys in the best of super juniors. Um, so I'd imagine for the junior tag league, uh, we're going to have some guys over there. And then even just the regular tag league, uh, the heavyweight tag league, I'm sure we're going to have guys there because we have a very strong roster still. Yeah, I just I feel like it's just like I see Villain Enterprises, and I think like how cool it would be to see you guys working with Lij over there. I feel like there's a lot of natural chemistry with the with a lot of the, the talent over in New Japan for you all. Oh, absolutely! And last year when I was there for Best of Super Juniors, I felt like I learned more in that three and a half week period than I did the whole rest of the year. So missing it out of this year really hurt me. You know, I was like, oh no, because I was I was expecting to get that bunch of experience again, that that le- that huge learning curve. And I feel like I'm I'm playing catch up now. Man, uh, well, one of the uh, uh, New Japan acts that's right now uh, in Ring of Honor, uh, traveling with the Ring of Honor crew, is the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, what's it been like getting to to know and work with God and Ring of Honor? Uh, I can tell you one thing: they do have one of the best entrance songs I've heard in a long time. Yes. Every time I hear it, I get hyped. Uh, I haven't got a chance to actually get in the ring with them either. We haven't really worked anything. Um, Maybe we'll do something where it's Zone Enterprises versus OGBC. I don't know. Um, it's exciting times, though, because it's just another tag team, more top guys that can come in that can help us and work together. Because you want fresh mashups. You don't want to see the same people wrestling the same people month after month after month. Yeah. Uh, well, and it is a lot of fresh faces right now. Uh, you know, I got to ask you, you know, seven months ago, a couple of your friends. The elite, they decided to, to leave Ring of Honor, start their own thing up. How has the backstage atmosphere in Ring of Honor changed without having those guys around the last seven months? Um, honestly, it's changed a lot, but I wouldn't say in a bad way. I mean, a lot of, I mean, amongst the boys, everybody's motivated. Everybody's excited. You know what I mean? A bunch of top spots just opened up, and they're for grabs. And everybody right now is competing for them. It's friendly competition, but everybody wants that top spot, me included. So it's a really good atmosphere because everybody's busting their ass right now. Yeah. And, you know, you are uh, somebody that Ring of Honor has really invested in. You know, how does it feel to be considered one of, like, the central pillars of Ring of Honor's strategy and plan, you know, going forward? I mean, mean, it's a lot of pressure because you look at some of the guys that have been in that top spot for Ring of Honor and where they've gone and the history they've made. And it's a really tough spot, but also it's it's a really cool spot because I do want to be the top guy in Ring of Honor. That's why I signed a long-term contract with Ring of Honor because I do want to be the guy in Ring of Honor because it holds a lot of prestige and it will open other doorways in the future. Yeah. And, you know, you're in Villain Enterprises. Ring of Honor has, you know, uh, uh, quite a few. You got Lifeblood now. You got the Kingdom. You know, are, what do you think of all, all the talents being, like, pretty much involved in some kind of stable right now in, in Ring of Honor? Um, it's kind of cool because, I mean, when I came in uh, two, two and a half years ago, I feel like there was a lot of stables, and I never really belonged to a stable. At one point, I was almost part of the elite, but I was never actually part of the elite. It's true. Uh, so for the first time ever, this is my first stable. So I am a villain enterprise original. This is my first stable and the only stable I've ever been in. And right now we're feuding with Lifeblood. Would love to feud with the kingdom. Would love to feud with anyone. Because I think Villain Enterprise is the top stable in Ring of Honor, and I think we're going to dominate for some time to come. Now, it, now is it, it sounds like is this more fun for you being a part of a stable and having a crew than just wrestling on your own? Uh, it's different because I've only wrestled on my own. 
Yeah. But it's going to be nice to know that when I go out there, if somebody else is going to interfere, like when my match with Matt Taven and somebody wanted to stick their nose in, it's nice to know that now I got people watching my back as well. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess I'll wrap it up by saying here or asking you, you know, when you come back, you're healed up. You know, what are your sights set on? What do you have left to accomplish? What goals do you have in Ring of Honor uh, when you return to action? Uh, when I return to action, I'm going to put on the best matches that I can because I've missed a lot of time. And I, I don't, I'm not going to come chasing anything because I know Marty's got a lot of things he wants to do. And we got to talk as a team and we got to get all on the same page. And that's first and foremost. Cool, man. Well, uh, Flip, I want to thank you so much for the time. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview today? Uh, yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I got a brand new mercenary shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash theflipgordon. And all my social media is the same Twitter, Instagram, and I actually have a Facebook page now as well. All at theflipgordon. Uh, thank you so much, Flip, for the time. Thank you, Michael, very much for joining me at the top of the show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with another big episode of The Winkly. Uh, I'm very excited to drop the interview I've got. It's one of the best. I've, I've really, I genuinely believe it's one of the best interviews I've ever done. Uh, it is with a popular uh, female independent pro wrestler, Rise's own, Shine's own, Priscilla Kelly, uh, a.k.a. she is uh, the girl who is known for the tampon spot that made everybody go completely insane. Um, <laughs> she is also married to AEW's Darby Allen. And uh, she one time or two times actually appeared on the TLC show, uh, my big fat American gypsy wedding. And uh, I did spend two hours watching both of her episodes with my girlfriend, Liz, before I did the interview. Um, it's just a very interesting 20 minutes of your time. So I can't wait to bring that to everybody tomorrow. Um, and uh, also, if you enjoy the show, enjoy our post shows, uh, you enjoy all of our content, go over to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a nice comment. Uh, always appreciated. Michael, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show? As I do every week, please follow me on Twitter. I'm at The Real Wiseman. It's the best way to keep up with all of my happenings in the world of professional wrestling, including all my latest articles for Wrestling Inc. And, um, you know, again, if you like cute pictures of dogs, cats, whatever else, follow me on Instagram. I am at Wiseman.ma. And, um... You know, sometimes I tweet about technology, too, so it's not all pro wrestling in my world. So if you have interest outside of this, always happy to engage in conversation on Twitter about that stuff as well. Yes, and I am at Wink Rebel. I'll probably share a, a nice photo here later today. i got a busy afternoon of interviews planned, but I'm going to go have a cocktail down by the lake uh, with Liz, and, uh, and there's a beautiful outdoor bar. So maybe you can, you can follow me on Twitter, at Wink Rebel, to enjoy this beautiful view that I will share later. Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you all very much uh, for joining us here today. Cannot wait to come back tomorrow. This Priscilla Kelly interview. I'm telling you guys, you're absolutely going to love it. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.